Well, friends, Mercury is direct. Mars is direct. Saturn has left Capricorn. Hallelujah. So all is right in the world. Kind of. Maybe not. Maybe that's a stretch. But certainly things are looking up astrologically this week. And tomorrow, as I'm recording this, there is a new moon in Capricorn. So if things don't feel all right in your world, we can talk about how you can use this new moon to set your intentions to kind of get any kind of final victory over the Capricorn area of your chart if Saturn has brought major struggles there over the past really three years since uh, January of 2020 when Saturn made its first grand debut into Capricorn and we all remember what the year 2020 was like and 2021 and the dregs of that energy throughout 2022 so that's what Saturn in Capricorn has to do with. Saturn has now moved to Aquarius, but there's a new moon happening in Capricorn this weekend, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So before we get any further, I want to extend you a warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook, your friendly neighborhood Vedic astrologer, meaning we use the sidereal zodiac around here. I'm also a yoga teacher training to become a yoga therapist, so making up creative yoga based on whatever any individual has going on is what I do, which is why it pairs well with giving you yoga horoscopes, yoga practices for the current astrological weather. So stick around to the end to hear yoga practices to harness this energy. And of course, as always, journal prompts, because that's a good way to use astrology is to see how it's hitting on your life by journaling about it. So we'll talk about the new moon and how to work with that will be the main focus of today's episode, but of course, we'll always talk about the greater context of everything else going on astrologically. So welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you want to follow along with your birth chart, as I do mention often, I'm like, this main event this week is happening in Capricorn. And I say, you want to know where Capricorn is in your birth chart? Well, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go to yogiscopes.com, spelled just like this podcast, Y-O-G-O- Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S dot com slash chart to get your Vedic birth chart so you can learn your sidereal, sidereal placements. And if you don't know, when you look at it and it just looks like a foreign language, if it's your first time seeing one, that is everyone's instant reaction. It was mine when I first saw my Vedic chart. I was like, what is this nonsense? And so I made a resource for people that are experiencing that. Uh feeling first looking at your chart so it's called the birth chart decoder and you can't go to my website without seeing the pop-up asking if you want it so grab that it's free and you can figure out where capricorn is in your birth chart on your own self-guided um if you want more guided that's what my membership is for which is now reopened for enrollment you can go to yogiscopes.com membership to sign up if you've been waiting for that if not if you this is your first time hearing of it don't worry about it check it out maybe so here we go. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Mercury did just go direct in Sagittarius. It started its retrograde in Capricorn at the end of December, on December 29th to be exact, and then it only took it a couple days before it was moving back into Sagittarius. It has been retrograding in Sagittarius for pretty much the whole last three weeks. We've been having a Mercury retrograde meditation challenge in the Yogi Scopes community, if you were a part of that. 
Um, I want to congratulate the winners if you didn't. So somebody, I did a live in our community and I guess my mic was muted and I had no idea. So when people went to watch the recording, they um, couldn't hear me. So the winners of the challenge that won a free reading were Brooke, Jess, and Amanda. So y'all check your email. You got the um, email about a, a reading. And if you didn't, you know who you are, check your email and you'll find it. Um, but yeah, so I'm not going to edit this like sometimes I usually do, I edit out where I stumble over my words, but I'm stumbling over my words a lot. And that's something that I personally have experienced. I always experience during Mercury retrograde. I'm like, words are hard talking. Like I just stumble over them and I, you know, we're in the shadow period, even though it's technically direct, it's only been direct for two days. It just went direct on Wednesday, January 18th. So we are still experiencing a shadow period and when Mercury, when any planet first goes direct, it has to re-traverse over the ground that it retrograded, or the sky, I should say, that it retrograded through. So it's a good time to be integrating any lessons that came up during that retrograde time. And so what lessons for you might have come up could have been related to, um, you know, wherever Sagittarius is in your chart, anything related to communication, maybe you were reorganizing things, especially related to which house Sagittarius falls in for you. And that is what the birth chart decoder will help you figure out. If you're like, I don't know which house is which get the decoder. It explains it all. It's like one worksheet. It shouldn't take you very long to fill out. And then you'll just know when I say these things, you'll be like, Oh, I know what she's talking about. So that's what that's for. Um, but then we had also last week on January 17th, um, that wasn't last week. That was this week. Sorry. Here I go again. Stumbling over my words this week on Tuesday. I'm also like this, why this podcast episode is late because my kids have been out of daycare more than they've been in it for the past couple weeks. So the days blend together when that happens. I'm just like, oh, what is happening? So anyway, on Tuesday of this week, Saturn made its big move into Aquarius and it has been the talk of the town. If you are surrounded by any other people, interested in astrology, Vedic astrology specifically, Saturn changing signs is a huge deal. And so I did a whole hour long episode about that. I promised a sign by sign for Saturn and Aquarius. And if y'all still want that, let me know either in the comments on the YouTube video or shoot me an email, hit me up on social media, whatever. Let me know if you're still interested in that because I ended up not getting it out because kids take care, it didn't happen. And so if you want, I will get it out it is coming for the people in the membership, but, um, it's a big deal. You can go back and listen to the general episode if you want to know more about that specifically. But what's interesting about that, the fact that this new moon is happening in Capricorn, which is Mercury partially retrograded through there. The sun is there now, as always, wherever a new moon happens, the sun will always be there because a new moon happens when the sun and the moon are on the same side of earth from our perspective. So that's why the moon is dark because it's not reflecting any light from the sun. So new moons are always when the sun and moon are conjoined. That's just a rule. You can count on it being true. So anyway, we have the sun there illuminating Capricorn where Saturn has been, you know, Saturn is said to shine a light into the darkness. So because Saturn is the sun of the sun. So 
like the sun is Saturn's father is it according to Vedic mythology and so if Saturn has been kind of dragging out the dark places in your life in wherever Capricorn is for you for the past few years this would this new moon particularly if I could just put it in a nutshell which we're going to talk more about it in depth you know that's what we're here to talk about but if I could just put the whole thing in a nutshell it's like how do you want to shine now that Saturn has moved on, especially related to the Capricorn area of your chart or related to Capricorn in general, which is things like structures, you know, like your habits. Um, how are how are you grounded in your life? Like what, what brings you grounding? And so habits can be extremely grounding. Like if you experience symptoms of ungrounding, which are things like anxiety, um, could be like hypervigilance, some other stuff. If you do experience things like that, having that stability, bringing that stability in your life can help alleviate that just in a simple sense. So how are you going to step forward into this new cycle now that Saturn has moved, Mercury has gone direct, Mars has gone direct, um, Mars has gone direct in Taurus, which is another Earth sign. So you might have more drive, uh, stability in your drive and drive to create stability in your life during this time. So that in a nutshell is what's going on with this new moon. So let's talk more in depth about other astrological archetypes being brought up by this new moon so that you can more fully understand how to work with the energy and of course where I derive the yoga practices that I'm going to recommend from. So I just gave you a brief rundown about what Capricorn represents and that's the first layer of depth with any astrological happening in Vedic astrology, we want to look at the sign where it's happening. But then the next layer of depth, we want to look at the nakshatra. And this new moon is happening in the nakshatra of Uttarashada, which bridges over Sagittarius and Capricorn. But of course, this new moon is happening on the Capricorn side. But this is just my personal observation when it comes to nakshatras. The ones that bridge two signs tend to encapsulate qualities of both of the signs and so I would say this is just the also this is like just my opinion I have nothing outside of myself and my observations to back this up but when you cross a Capricorn with a Sagittarius you get an Aquarius and I don't mean that in the sense of like if a Capricorn and an Aquarius marry each other their child is going to be an Aquarius that's not what I mean that's not how that works I do study genealogical astrology to some degree, um, just personally with myself and my own kids, but also if any, I have done plenty of readings for parents and they're always happy to share their children's charts with me. So if you're interested in that, it's just kind of like a little fun thing I like to do. If you get a reading, um, I'm happy to also look at your child's chart while we're doing the reading, if we have time, because it's fun and it's fun to see how those generational patterns play out. That it's, and it's not a one-to-one -one, like if you're a Sagittarius and you marry a Capricorn, you're going to have an Aquarius. But if you think about the qualities shared between Sagittarius and Capricorn, it kind of resembles Aquarius. And so that's interesting because we just have Saturn move from Capricorn to Aquarius. And then on Sunday, we have Venus moving from Capricorn to Aquarius. And so the New moon is happening around 4 p.m. It's 3.53 p.m. Eastern time um, on Saturday, the 21st. 
And then the very next day at 4.56 p.m. So still, it's like around 4 p.m., like in the afternoon, like a day later is the time that Venus, so Venus will enter earlier in the day on Sunday, enter Aquarius, but then it will exactly conjoin Saturn, which I'm going to talk more about what that means in a second. But so just to give you more of an idea of what this nakshatra represents, that was a nice little fun tangent. Um, so I'll, well, I'll tell you more about the qualities of this nakshatra and you can judge for yourself if you think I'm right, that it sounds like what happens when you cross a Sagittarius and a Capricorn, this nakshatra. So first of all, the stars, I don't always share about what stars in the sky, that like the astronomy, um, which stars in the sky make up a nakshatra because they're always stars out of a constellation in, in most cases. And this, this case, they are the four brightest stars that make up the breast of the archer of sat of the sign of Sagittarius. So if you think about that, what that kind of archetypally means, it's like very full of heart. And so that's why I'm like, Venus is also indicated here, right? Like, um, so we'll talk about that more in a moment when we get to the yoga practices, but because Uttarashtada bridges Sagittarius and Capricorn, it is a nakshatra that represents a, or like folks that have placements in this nakshatra might exhibit these qualities of deep integrity and concern for humanity, which is very Sagittarian, right? Like Sagittarius is kind of the fire sign philosopher, whereas Aquarius is kind of the air sign philosopher. Both Sagittarius and Aquarius are concerned with the greater good of humanity and Sagittarius is a little more philosophical. Aquarius might be a little more practical. Um, and so the ruling deities of this nakshatra are the 10 Vishvadevas, which are the gods of Dharma. So setting a new moon intention for this new moon in Uttarashtada would be a very good time to make that intention align with your Dharma. Like what is your life purpose? Which if you're not sure... That's kind of what we explore on my other podcast, The Science of Light. We have interviews with lots of people who are, in my opinion, at least from the outside looking in, really following their dharma. Like, we always start with the guest's story, and they share their story of how they got into yoga or how they got into whatever they do. And usually, I've been very lucky lucky to find people that are like, I just kept doing the right, th- next right thing. Um... And then they birth this beautiful thing into the world that the world needs that also is based on their story and what, what they were good at, what they could make their heart offering. So that's kind of what this new moon is a kind of, it's a time to think about what is your heart offering that the world needs. Um, so I do have a freebie actually on my website. Um, I don't tell people about it enough. The Dharma worksheet, I, it's always linked in the show notes, like almost always. You can go get that if you need help deciphering your own Dharma with the help of your birth chart and just some mindset activities, it's there, there that you can grab. Um, but Uttarashtada also, if you think about it, like the breast of the archer of the centaur. So if you know the sign of Sagittarius, it is a centaur that, you know, half man, half horse, and he's an archer. So he's got like a bow and arrow, the, the man part. And so that's very like warrior-esque, right? 
um, I always think of Warrior 2 when it comes, if you wanted to like do a pose to feel like Sagittarius, Warrior 2 is the one. Um, and especially if you kind of do like pull your arm back in a way, like you're pulling back an arrow, that back arm and have your gaze over the front fingertips, which is traditional alignment for that pose, gaze over the front fingertips. Um, it's like, are you gazing at what you're aiming at? So anyway, Uttara Shada is a very good nakshatra for like leadership, um, achievement, commitment to duty, dharma. Commitment to your duty is like your dharma. And um, so the translation of Uttara Shada is final victory. Or sometimes it's like the latter unconquerable one or the latter victorious one. Those are some other ways to translate that. Um, but... What is it that you're trying to have a final victory over? So then also the planetary ruler, because just, you know, FYI, Avutara Shada is the sun. So this is a new moon. The moon's always conjoined with the sun, like I mentioned earlier, four new moons. And so it's just, that just a little bit reinforces what I was saying about um, it's a time to kind of shine a light and start shining, set your intentions for how you're going to shine related to the Capricorn area of your chart. Um, and so to bring this all back home, when I started to, before we talk about the yoga practices and journal prompts, I'm almost there. Um, I mentioned that around this time in January of 2020, Saturn entered Capricorn and now earlier this week Saturn entered Aquarius so normally Saturn spends about two and a half years in a sign and so of the last three years almost exactly three years Saturn did take a couple dips into Aquarius and then it retrograded back into Capricorn which is not like that doesn't always happen but it did this time and so when it, so now that Saturn's in Aquarius it will be there until it moves to Pisces in 2025 which you can hear the exact dates on that other podcast episode I mentioned. Um, it was like two episodes ago, I think. And it won't, it's not doing that same dippy thing. Like when it moves to Pisces, it will be there and it's not retrograding back into Aquarius anymore. So because it already did that while it was in Capricorn. And so um, anyway, it's just a little synchronistic, synchronistic to me that, so on January 23rd, of 2020 was the day that Saturn entered Capricorn. And then right around that time, there was also a new moon in Capricorn. So if you were following astrology at the time, maybe you set some intentions related to the Capricorn area of your chart, or maybe you didn't. And even if you didn't, even if you're brand new, it's like your very first episode listening to this podcast or like second you know, even if you're very brand new to following astrology, I suspect you can look back at the past three years of your life and look at, so everybody experienced a major shift in 2020, obviously, like the entire world, things were different, right? But you might notice that for some people, they had to completely shut down their business. For other people, they started a brand new business and it was wildly successful. So um, those are just a couple examples where you can see some people, like the big change that affected everybody, affected everybody differently on an individual level. And that's going to have to do with 
where Capricorn is in your chart, among other things. Obviously, we can get way more specific, and that's what we kind of do in a reading or in the membership. Um, but can you look back? I've been asking you to do this for the last couple episodes, but it's, it, it bears repeating. Like, this is a big process. Like, we spent most of the month of December kind of releasing 2022 and kind of setting a vision for 2023 because when it's for something like a whole year long it's a big process you want to think about it more so can you think about the lessons of the past three years and what area of your life was sort of most impacted over that whole time and like I mentioned Uttarashada means final victory if you were to set an intention for this new moon what final victory would you want to have, especially related to where Capricorn is in your chart? So this is something I've been talking about with the folks in the membership is that like, um, if you, when, when you start working with the Aquarius area of your chart, now that Saturn is there, that's going to have like Aquarius is going to have a lot of energy and focus around it for the next two years while Saturn is there. So now that your challenges might be slowly shifting towards that area of your life, towards Aquarius things, that doesn't mean that whatever lessons were brought up by Saturn being in Capricorn are just over and done with, right? Like that's not how it works. So either you learned your lesson related to Saturn and Capricorn or you didn't. And there's always time to do more work. There's always time to set new intentions and to make sure. So this is what Saturn likes. Saturn likes you to... Um, be habitual, right? Like Saturn is not the once and done planet. The moon is a little bit more once and done because the moon is like, it changes signs every two and a half days. It changes nakshatras like almost every day, usually like about every day. And so, um, yeah, so this new moon is all about stepping forward into the, really into the new cycle of Saturn in Aquarius. But since Saturn has just left Capricorn and this new moon is in Capricorn, it's a good time to really consider that Capricorn area of your chart and so like since that there's been other new moons in Capricorn since then but um since that specific one can you think of any major shifts or things you set into motion especially maybe around January 23rd of 2020 and how has that stuff come to fruition right or do you have progress you want to continue to make did you have your final victory there or do you want to continue to make progress so that we'll get into more how to think through that with the journal prompts but now let's talk about the yoga practices so in in an asana sense so if you stick around you'll learn that when I share yoga practices for astrology uh, part of the whole reason I even started this podcast is I feel like when I would look up like yoga for the new moon it would be like do these poses and I would have no idea why those specific poses like I felt like I could rarely find like a good explanation of why and I am one why asking person like I will ask why until the cows come home until I'm blue in the face so I was like why why these poses for this new million it doesn't make sense and so because here in the U.S. we have a, an asana focus a postural focus on yoga so yoga is more than that so, but I always like to share at least like one pose or like what to think about in your asana practice um so like I mentioned Warrior two, and I'm going to suggest heart opening and reverse warrior. So like if you were to design a class for this, or if you come to the Yogi Scopes Flow next Wednesday, 
Um, it's at 5.30 a.m. Eastern time so that it can be an hour because the folks that come regularly like to be able to get to work and stuff and get, go on about their day. So it's 5.30 Eastern time, but you get a recording automatically sent to you afterwards if you can't make it live. Um, we will do a reverse warrior because that's kind of tapping into those it's like shining forth those brightest stars. Like if, if your warrior two was embodying Sagittarius and now this nakshatra spans over Sagittarius and Capricorn, then when you lean back in your reverse warrior, that's the one where you flip your front palm and back hand slides maybe down the leg or wraps around the lower back. But then when you do that, you're kind of side bending and shining your heart forward in a way. It feels like it would be tapping into the stars that this nakshatra represents. And then you might just do heart opening practices in other ways. There's lots of, lots of options. Um, and then I would recommend chanting the Ganesh mantra because, um, well, that's just good for anything Saturn, honestly, like, and now that Saturn is an Aquarius Ganesh mantra can be good, the remover of, of obstacles. But one thing I have not mentioned thus far is that this nakshatra is symbolized by an elephant tusk. So, and Ganesh is the elephant. He's the deity with an elephant head on a man's body. So um, if you want to tap into that energy, Ganesh mantra can be good. Um, that's the one that goes Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha my favorite mantra personally. Um, so that's a good one. And, and it's a good one to tap into that power, that inner sense of like going for your goals, right? Achievement, um, leadership, right? Like, like blast through those obstacles is kind of what you're saying when you ch chant. Then that's the energy that you're aligning with when you chant the Ganesh mantra, or maybe listen to it on Spotify or something and sing along with it if you feel comfortable. Um, and so just one final thought, wrap up thought I want to say before I talk about the journal prompts is, um, when I was talking earlier about Sagittarius, if you mix a Sagittarius and a Capricorn, you get an Aquarius. Um, I just want to kind of refresh your memory that, or like maybe state it a little more, more clearly, say it in a different way if it didn't land the first time. Um, this nakshatra is a good one for setting intentions, having a new moon in this nakshatra, I should say, is a good time for setting intentions of how you are going to show up in a way with deep integrity and concern for humanity. So what ways are you going to lead? What achievements can you strive for um, that are in line with your dharma? And just a reminder that dharma is your life's purpose, but not in a sense of just like, this is what I want when, and only considering yourself. You know what I mean? Dharma is like, what am I good at? What have I been through? What unique perspectives do I have? What karmas do I have? And how can I use those things to do something that the world needs? That's your duty, right? And so check out the, the Dharma worksheet, but also, wow, I can't believe I didn't mention this until now, but that's our workshop. So we have a monthly workshop in the membership so you can drop in for it, but the drop-in costs the same as a month of membership. So you might as well just sign up for a month of membership and get all this other cool stuff too, like a sign-by-sign -sign yogi scope for everything that happens, everything that I put a podcast episode about. Um, so the workshop is called Karma, Dharma, 
and five-year planning with astrology because we're going to talk about, so we're going to look at where Saturn has been for the past 20 years, really, and we're going to look five years into the future. So not just Saturn, but we're going to talk about, so we're going to talk about what karma is. We're going to talk about what dharma is. We're going to talk about how those things can be seen planetarily. And then um, we're going to look at where the slower moving planets of Saturn, Jupiter, uh, Rahu, and K2 have been for the past 20 years. So you can do some digging, some forensic astrology, if you will, on your own life to see if there's any themes for you that have come up related to that, if it tracks, and it usually does. Um, And then you can look forward to the next five years and see what goals it's realistic for you to accomplish. So this is with in mind that if you're like in the membership, we did a 2023 yearly planning in December, which you can now um, get the replay for if you go to yogiscopes.com slash 2023. That's significantly cheaper. You can get the astrological planner for the year to get all the key dates and interpretations. And then you can get the replay to have an hour and a half long yoga practice, if you like, and yoga nidra. And then, I mean, that's included. And then um, a more specific rundown of the year. You can go ahead and grab the replay for that. It's not necessary to have that for this weekend's workshop. And so that's what, like, if you wanted that and this weekend's workshop, you might as well just sign up for the membership because that replay is already loaded into the membership. So we will be talking about all of that stuff and looking forward to the big major shifts of not just this year, but the next five years. Um, And so with that in mind, this is a journal prompt to kind of get you started, whether you're coming to the workshop or not with this new moon. What did you set in motion in January of 2020? And what were the major themes? So this is good. This is good to think about. Like we know the whole world changed in March of 2020, but what were you doing in your life just before that, right? Like, what what were you kind of setting into motion? Well, like, you know, did you set a big New Year's resolution or something for January and you were kind of working on it until the shit hit the fan, I guess? You know, what did you set in motion? Think about before the pandemic. Like, what were you working on? And then, um, and then all the other stuff that happened in 2022. Um, so next question for the new moon related to that. Do you want to continue to make progress in that area or do you need to set a new intention? Like how are you going to have final victory over this area of your chart? So happy new moon, happy Mercury direct, happy Saturn and Aquarius, happy all these things. I hope you start to see wonderful progress in your life if you haven't been. And I will be back next week with a February outlook. So thanks for being here and I hope to see you all in the membership or in the workshop this weekend. Uh, Please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.